Today, I'm looking into the two or four player abstract medieval strategy game, War Chest, published by Aldrich Entertainment Group, AEG, and designed by Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson. My name is Bruce Brown, and this is Board Game Impact, a podcast where I look into board games and related topics, so that way you can know the impact that they may have for your gaming group. You can find me on Board Game Geek as Bruce Brown, and on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon as Board Game Impact. So War Chest is a game that I actually learned about and got to play for the first time when I attended Board Game Geek convention uh, back in November of 2018. Now, how I found out about it is kind of fascinating, actually. Um, So it was on what's called the Board Game Geek Hotness, or Geek Buzz. The Geek Buzz, essentially what that is, is when you check in for Board Game Geek, you get this little name badge, and then on the back of it, you've got a little card, and it's got your own personal code that you'll enter in on these computers that they put up in the lobby. Once you type in your code, you can click the games that you've liked so far at the convention. From all that, they aggregate that data out, and they create what's called essentially this hotness list of the top 100 games. Now, of course, there's over 6,000 games available to play at the convention, but these are just some ones so you can like narrow down your choices on what you want to choose. And so how this plays in with War Chest is War Chest was number one for the first three days of the convention. Now, I should note that the first day of the convention for uh, November 2018, they did not have up the projector screens. There's just too much going on, honestly, and it makes sense. Um, so days two and three both had War Chest as number one. So that was the first sign that it's like, I need to check this out. Well, luckily, in the dealer hall, one of the two dealer halls that they had, AEG was there. And they did have a setup of War Chest because it's a more recent game that's to come out. It came out in 2018. So I spent about 20 minutes with one of the demoers and a random gentleman that I just met right there. Um, and we learned how to play the basics of how War Chest works out. And there was a lot more depth that I wanted to explore. And another buddy of mine who didn't get to demo it, uh, I was like, you know what? We're going to get our hands on one of these and we're going to try this. So we kept going in and out of the uh, library over the next day and a half. And eventually it was there. And that was on the last full night of the convention. And so we sat down, we played it, and we honestly played it three times in a row. And now you're, now you're probably curious, like, what's going on in this game that you played it three times in a row? Okay, so an overview It's a two or four player game. So it's you versus the other person or you create a team of two people against a team, another team of two people. So each side, whether it's the two player or the four player, will have their own unique set of uh, units that come from a total 16 units that are in the base box. They'll use those units to move around the board, fight their way around the board, um, and place what's called control markers around the board. First person in a two-player game uh, to place out all their control markers wins, or in a four-player game, it's the first team to put out all their control markers. Where you're putting these control markers out are on certain spaces of this board that essentially looks like a blank Catan board. Now, it's not modular, you're not moving the stuff around, but if you think about that hexagonal overall shape with hexes inside of it, that's what it looks like. And then there's a certain number of those spots that have a little symbol on them that's where you can put control markers and they're usually at least two spots away from another control marker so some interesting notes about this game first of all it's really a bag builder in that you're going to be collecting your units and recruiting your units and you're going to be putting them into the 
your bag, this bags that you have, these really nice velvet bags. So it's almost like a deck builder where you first get the unit and you put it to the discard pile and then it's gonna go into your bag once your bag is completely empty and you'll restock it and you'll mix up the bag, pull out your units. All the units have one health and once they're destroyed, they're removed from that current game. You can't get them back. Now, what's interesting about it is these units are actually on these cool little poker chips. One side has that unit symbol in its color, and then on the other side, it's all of them have the same thing, and that is this lock symbol, um, almost like the lock and key of a chest. Now, there's two ways you can play these poker chips. The most easiest way is the face-up way, and you just take that unit from your hand, because you're gonna have a hand of three of these chips at the start of each round. You play one and play continues. Um, so you take one of these chips, you put it out on one of your control markers um, face up, and you can, you're limited to only having one of each unit on the board, with special exception to a certain unit that can have two, um, which we'll get into here in a second. The other option you can do is to take a face up chip and put it on the board wherever that matching unit is already on the board. Now, why you would do this is called bolstering. Essentially what it does, is it increases the health of that unit by one more. Then the unit gets hit, it'll get hit for one, and it will be still removed from the game, that one chip, but you'll still have that other one left on the board. So it can be very helpful in some situations. The other two things is you can play the, that chip face up to your discard pile to move your unit one space on the board. The other thing you can do with it is by playing it face up to your discard pile is fight an adjacent unit. And the other option for playing it face up is to activate it. Um, activating it can go one of two ways. Uh, one, of, one way is to uh, place that control marker on that space or remove an opponent's control marker from the space you're on. And the other thing is that all the units, except for a couple, have what's called a tactic. Some of this might be instead of moving one, it moves two. It, there's one unit in which you can run two and stab. That's the Lancer. Essentially, if you think about going in, going to a Renaissance fair and you've got the jousting, it's running in a straight line and stabbing the guy. Um, so it's pretty cool. And then some other ones like an archer, well, that can shoot two spots away. And all of them have their own things, which I'm going to let you discover. Now, the other way you can play your chips is to play them face down with that lock facing up. Now, why, why you might want to do this is that's how you'll get to recruit more units from their card in front of you to your discard pile. Again, when your, disc, when your draw bag runs out, you'll take everything in your discard pile, put it in your bag, and mix it up. The other thing you can do by playing a chip face down is to gain the first player marker. As you can imagine, in, the, in a strategy war game, it's really important sometimes to be able to make that first play. And so this is how you'll gain it. Now, if you're playing a four-player game and your teammate already has the first player marker, you cannot do this. Um, you have to be taking the first player marker from the opponent, the uh, opposing team. The other thing you can do is just play one face down to pass. Now, it's almost never advantageous to do this, um, but you can do it almost as a stall tactic. But again, I would not ever recommend it, um, except in very, very limited situations. Okay, so now let's get into the components and what you can expect when you get a copy of War Chest or you are playing with a friend's copy or you see it and you're curious, like, what is in that box? Because it's not a normal size box, first of all. And let's start with the box. It's not a normal size in that it's more, it more is exactly like a chest. So it's, it's wider in some parts and fatter in other parts. But what's really cool is it opens like a chest, revealing this inside box with all the contents. On the inside of it, it has an insert that perfectly displays all the factions 
And so that way they are nice and on display. It's going to look elegant. And it's also got a nice transparent screen that can go on top of that to hold them all in place. So that way when you're transporting it, they're not going to get mixed around. My favorite part of the box, and um, many people probably skip over this, don't. Um, and that is the story on the inside of the box. It's a story of essentially a king passing on this chest to his kid who eventually is going to take the throne, presenting it as a toy. And by playing this toy as they're growing up, they're going to get better and better at military combat so that they'll be able to reign in control of the military and use its tactics for the uh, advantageous for the empire, which is really cool. And if you've ever watched Game of Thrones, I know I've been watching that with my wife to get ready for season eight, and they're planning the different fights and they've got the different units. That's kind of what this game is. Medieval strat abstract strategy war game using medieval units uh, moving around this board to control these different areas you can think of them like countries if you want to but it is just really cool to be playing this so other things the rule book is short it's well laid out it has the recommended two-player learning game and the four starting units for each of those players. It also explains how, to, how you can draft between those 16 potential units for two and four player games. The coolest thing though, it has ancient battle reenactments with unit recommendations. So an example of a battle being a fight between the English and the French that occurred during medieval times. And it'll recommend these are the units for the French. These are the units for the English. That is just really, really cool. The chips, they're high quality poker chips, similar to the chip weight used by Chip Theory Games, if you've uh, ever played with any of their stuff, um, specifically in their Too Many Bones game. And it's similar to the weight of the iron clays in Roxley's Deluxe Edition of Brass, if you have your hands on that or have played that, just so you know what you're going with. These things look like they had to be expensive, especially having so many different ones. Um, so kudos to uh, AG for putting in the effort into getting this high quality uh, component. Now, the problem is that your side, your faction, also has those control markers, which I've talked about, which are in design like a poker chip, but they're kind of a letdown because you're holding this super awesome, heavyweight poker chip for your units, and then you have your control markers, which have your faction on it, and they're just like a generic board game cardboard component chip. Is kind of sad. Now I understand, I can see the need for the really high quality for the one, and also there needing to be a difference in size for the control markers. But the thing is like, you drop a unit, it's not gonna dent, it's not gonna chip anything. These control markers, like, it's just cardboard. So that honestly was a letdown for me, but I still play with it. It's, it makes sense. It actually gets covered up really well by the poker chips, um, but that's one of the things that I wish I wish it could be a little better. Uh, the cards, um, you have one card per unit type. They're made of a really nice quality. The bags that I talked about, these things are super high quality. They are, there are two per team. The teams are, and I haven't really talked about this because it's really not part of the game. It's just kind of there. But the two factions are the wolves. And then there's these crows that are the darker color. I assume they're crows. It looks like a crow. And those are actually stitched onto these deep, dark green velvet bags in this really nice, like yellowish gold color on the outside of them that takes up like the whole bag. These things are legit. These things um, really set the bar for the quality of bag you should be putting in a game. Okay. So some other things, let's talk about the impact of, um, of this game and really what it did for me. So first of all, um, 
I've talked about this in a previous episode, but that is that I am a knight. Um, I found out in high school, my family met up with this long lost relatives over in Italy and ends up that we are knights of the Holy Roman, Roman Empire and anyone born to the bloodline is knighted at birth by birth. My full name is not Bruce Brown. It's Sir Bruce David Brown Mulek de Palmenberg. Um, and that's, that was signed in by King John II. So being that I have that family connection to these things, now obviously that's really not in effect anymore, um, but it's just a cool story. But that being said, I do have an affinity towards um, things that are medieval. It's just one of those things that since finding that out kind of fascinates me. Um, and so just know that um, going into all this. Um, but the table presence for this, every time I've played this, whether it be a meetup, um, whether it be at my brother's house over the holidays or uh, actually at BGG, I had a good number of people stopping by to check out this game. Uh, and the box itself, due to the, like the different size, it calls for people to ask like, ooh, what's that? Which is a really nice thing and kind of satisfying as a game owner. The chips and the velvet bags, when you're mixing those up, it's just got a really nice sound that when they're clinking together, but then also when you reach in and feeling the weight of those chips is just super satisfying. And that noise that creates will also capture the attention of non-players to be like, ooh, I, I saw you playing that game last time. What was that and can I try it? Um, which I've had it happen a number of times. Uh, the game can be longer or shorter depending on how the players, long the players choose to take their turns. Um, I can see some players getting a little bit of analysis paralysis when they're first trying to learn this, almost like that first time somebody plays chess where they're like, how does this unit work? What does your unit do? But honestly, as we got going, so I told this, told you the first time I really played this was at BGG and I played it back to back three times. By that third game, we were playing this in a good, in a simple like 20, 30 minutes, um, which was so, so cool because every game is gonna be slightly different, which is really, really cool. In some online posts, I've actually referred to this as a like a perfect whiskey game. Now I'm not saying you have to drink whiskey, but just like I want to want to walk you through this. So what I mean by whiskey game is a game where you're just going to have a nice glass of whiskey or a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, that kind of thing. And what you're doing is you're, it's more about having the experience with somebody else. Because once we got going with this game, we didn't really have to think that hard about what we were doing. We could just sit there and play, enjoy the cup of whatever we were drinking. But really, 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 it was more about coming together as a friend. And so my buddy and I were just able to sit there, talk about things and hang out together. Um, him and I don't live in the same state. So it was just that really cool moment. Um, and honestly, for me, that was kind of the moment of the convention and why I had to own this game. And so I do own this game. I had to own this game because of the memories it created um, by just getting to have that personal moment with another player. What's interesting about the four player game is you're not sitting on the same side as your uh, teammate. You're sitting actually, they're sitting on the opposite corner from you. And so you are surrounded on your left and your right by the opposite team. And so play flows between each other, uh, between the two teams, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in a really cool way. Um, some other things of note when you're playing that four player game, some of the units actually allow you to activate your your teammates units and you can utilize some of the things of your teammates units on your turn which is cool just to explicitly say this it's not a three-player game um, so if you're always finding yourself oh we have only three people all the time that's just not going to work out like it's a two-player game or it's a four-player game those are your options my overall thoughts on war chess are 
that it's a game that I know I'm going to have in my collection for a long time. Um, I say that because of that, those memories that were fostered by create by playing it, um, but also because it's really cool and on how every time I play it, it's going to be slightly different, but also have undertones of being the same, which is also really just nice and cathartic. It is a really nice game for just sitting down with somebody or with three other friends and having a cathartic experience where you're de-stressing, but also coming together as friends. Uh, and that's just awesome. And any game that does that is a game I usually want to hang on to. Now, the component quality on those chips and those bags and the box itself are really, really nice. Um, there were, again, those concerns about the control markers. I just wish the uh, quality of those was a little higher. Um, and honestly, my friends and I were talking about this. We could honestly see a passed down gift version of this game coming out in which it's made out of like the box is made out of wood. It's got super high quality on everything. It would like just to raise the bar of the other components in the box that are currently exist. Um, it's just one of those games that they all felt like, Whoa, like this is cool. I would love to have a like wooden box version of this that I can just hang on to for the rest of my life. Um, that was the experience it created. And so if that is something that interests you, check out War Chest. It's, it's a fun game. The, the price point is very reasonable for the high quality components that you are getting in there, plus that different experience slightly over time, but those undertones of similar experience. Again, my name is Bruce Brown, and you can find me on BoardGameGeek as Bruce Brown, and you've been listening to Board Game Impact. I just want to thank you for listening to the show, and I hope that learning about what experiences that I've been having are making positive impacts for you and your gaming group. If you want to learn more about me and the show, you can visit the website, which is BoardGameImpact.com, or the Facebook page, Board Game Impact. If you have a topic that you'd like to have discussed, please email me at boardgameimpact at gmail.com. Please do make sure to follow us on Instagram, uh, which is at Board Game Impact, and like that Facebook page, which is, again, is Board Game Impact. I just want to take a quick moment to thank our phenomenal Patreon backers for supporting the show. The, your support means more than you could possibly know. Um, it's, and this has been good. The show has been going on for less than a year now. And just hearing from you and the experiences that you've been able to have and seeing, uh, the impact of how, of the show on you has just been awesome. Um, and so just thank you. And you, you don't know how much it means to myself and my family. Speaking about the show, after doing some reflection over the past couple weeks, I've updated some things on the Patreon for Board Game Impact. So what I did is I created a Slack channel, um, so that way we can all connect, share experiences, and tell our game and some non-game stories with each other. So to kick off the new year and close out this year, you can be added to the Slack channel simply by backing Board Game Impact on Patreon at the $1 supporter level. Um, in addition, I have added some goals that, um, these are secret goals that when unlocked, I'll surprise you with them. Um, there's stuff uh, that really relate to the show and um, that I've been working on behind the scenes that I just want to give you. Some of them are actual tangible things, some of them are digital. Go visit the Patreon, so it's patreon.com slash boardgameimpact. That's where you can find out all the information about the tiers, the goals, as well as getting you can get access to that Slack channel and become an awesome backer. Um, so until next time, go have a positive impact on the world.